I'm really excited for part three, and I know that I drew so much out of part one and two from Frosty and Shermaine, and I'm excited to bring you part three, and I hope that you can draw something out of this as well. Um, but I don't know if you saw some of the imagery, the graphics that were posted up online where it showed some people's like baby photos and then them later reenacting the same pose. Well, here's the thing that you need to know about me is I grew up on a farm in the great state of Oklahoma, and I am way more country than y'all realize. My accent has become a little bit more of a hybrid recently, but if you get me in a moment of real excitement, then the twang comes out real strong. But this is a photo of me on a horse when I was little. Aren't I cute? You guys didn't give me enough of an awe. I don't feel as cute. <laughs> But I loved horses growing up, and I grew up on this farm with all of these different animals. And so I like to think that I know a few certain traits or personality types of different animals and how they behaved on the farm. And my horses, they were my favorite, but I didn't show horses. I actually showed goats. Now, you might be thinking, how do you show a goat? Well, it's not like a dog show. They don't do tricks and stuff. But I had to raise my goats, feed them, groom them properly, even like you, you groom their, their horns and their hooves. And we well, all say hooves, hooves, hooves. Anyways, um, <laughs> groom them. But I even had to go on runs with my goats. Now, that is not a fun thing when you're running with your goat, but because I had to build up this fitness and this muscle in the goat because at the county fair, Yes, we have county fairs. Uh, I'd bring my goat, and I'd be there in my little Wrangler jeans and my cowboy boots, and I'd have to set my goat up with its legs all nice because the judges come around to feel the muscle and the leanness of the different animals that the kids have been raising. And I got one hand underneath its chin and one hand holding this thing called a choke chain, which is like a lead where you can guide the goat around the arena. And they're relatively easy to handle most of the time. But my sister, my older sister Chelsea, she decided she wanted to show sheep. And the sheep, they're a little bit of a different story because you don't get a little chain to walk the sheep around the arena. No, what you have to do is put two hands on their neck and you have to guide them around the arena and embrace them up against your body to stretch out the body so that the judges could feel the muscle. And because there's no chain, there's no lead, oftentimes some poor young farm kid would let go of their sheep in the arena and then it's running around, everybody's trying to catch it, the dads are hopping in because they won't feel all macho and go get the sheep. And I just decided after watching Chelsea show sheep, I was like, mm, sheep are dumb. I'm not doing that. Sheep are stubborn as all get out. I'm going to stick with the goats. And so I showed goats. But here's the crazy thing is that in the Bible, God actually references sheep over 200 times and mostly in reference to us as sheep. Now, this is not the most endearing animal for us to be compared to now, is it? Like, I'd much rather be confer compared to a lion or a tiger, a bear. Oh, my. Uh, some of y'all don't get that reference if you're too young. Sorry. Uh, but I'd rather be compared to that instead of a sheep. We're getting compared to a sheep. I bet you um, that you've never looked at a sheep and, and were scared. And if you were, apologies. But my message for y'all this morning is every sheep needs a shepherd. Every sheep needs a shepherd. So write that down if you're taking notes. Um, and if you want the notes all up in there, Elam Christian Center app has it all laid out for you. But we're going to unpack one of the most frequently quoted psalms in all of Scripture, which is Psalm 23. Now, you might think, oh, I haven't heard Psalm 23 before. I'm about to say it, and you probably have, and you just didn't realize. This psalm is only six verses, and it is a poem or a song written by David. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, when David wrote this, David, you might know of him as a great king or the guy who slayed Goliath. But before all of that, he was a shepherd boy and he had his own flock of sheep that he would tend to. And he fearlessly defended these sheep and he killed lions and bears with his own hands. Like that's legit. David was a legit shepherd boy. And he would also sleep with his sheep. He knew all of his sheep by name. He would stay with them as the shepherd. He fearlessly defended them, but also knew that if they were left out on their own in the wild, they probably wouldn't survive. They needed him. And so when he wrote this psalm, he didn't write it from the perspective of a shepherd, but he wrote it from the perspective of a sheep. This is a sheep talking about, about their shepherd. And so when we read it, we need to understand what it's like to be a sheep in order for us to fully comprehend our great need for a shepherd. In fact, there's a few things that we should know about sheep. And if God is comparing us to this animal, we should take note. Because one of the first things that you need to realize about sheep is that they are directionless. They're absolutely directionless. They will literally follow whoever is leading them and adopt this herd mentality, not even knowing where they're going. They will just, if something, if there's a sheep in your herd and they decide to go a bit rogue and a bit confident and just wander off, likely the rest of them will go with them. Don't believe me? How about this? There was a headline in Eastern Turkey one year when 1,500 sheep fell off a cliff. That doesn't all happen at once. It happened with one, one sheep going first. So 1,500 sheep all fell off this cliff. The first 400 died, but then they became this big fluffy cushion that the other 1,100 fell on, and so 1,100 survived. But what had happened was the sheep in the back could not see past the sheep in the front, so they didn't realize what danger lay ahead of them. And then the sheep in the front, once they got to the cliff edge, the sheep in the back were just pushing them forward, and so off they went. Now, here's the thing that really baffles me. Here's the thing that really baffles me is that at least the last 50, at least the last 20, they weren't being pushed. But they looked at their option and they said, yep, and just went straight off. That's 1,500 sheep. What? One sheep starts to go rogue and 1,499 sheep started to follow. And then you look at this world and you're like, okay, God, I see why you compare us to sheep. I see why you compare us to sheep because it happens all the time. If you think about it in this world, somebody seems a bit confident and they're like, meh. And then everybody else is like, yeah, (laughs) meh, yeah. And everybody's just following everybody else, not even thinking of where they're going. And then you got this directionless group of people following a directionless person who just seems confident, meh. Yeah, and then everybody else, and I'm like, okay, God, I get it. We are sheep, and we need a shepherd. (laughs) Isaiah 53, 6, it tells us we all, like sheep, have gone astray, each to our own ways. Sheep are directionless. They don't always think about the path that they're taking. 
they don't always walk with purpose and intention. They don't always consider the circumstance that they're in. They just follow, even when it makes no logical sense, even when they don't know the destination, even when they have no idea who's at the front of the pack. They're just following. In fact, one farmer said, does anybody have sheep in this room? Few people. Okay, y'all can test this for me if you have a big group of sheep. But you got your sheep in the barn. They said before you let the sheep out the door, stretch a rope across the door. And the first few sheep will just hop over the rope, right? Then cut the rope, remove it. The rest of the sheep are still going to hop over that invisible rope. Just because it's what everybody else did doesn't mean there's any rope there. They have no logical sense. They're just like, yeah. And they're just going all along. And this is why God compares us to sheep. They're a bit directionless. They don't really know where they're going, and they're often following just the loudest voice. They aimlessly wander if there is no shepherd, but also they're defenseless. Sheep are defenseless, right? I bet you've never looked at a sheep in your life and go, oh, that sheep is ferocious. Like, have you ever said that sheep is majestic? Have you ever said that sheep looks ready to fight? You know what a sheep can do when they fight? Just, just headbutt you. That's all they got. But lions and bears, they're ferocious. They got a mighty roar. Horses and eagles, I think they're majestic. Like sharks, wolves, always ready for a fight. But a sheep, just got a fluffy coat of wool and a meh. Like anybody's going to eat that. So they're not very intimidating. And the best protection instinct that they have is to stay within the herd because there's strength in numbers. But even greater than, that, it, greater than that is a herd that has a shepherd looking out for them. In Matthew 9, 36, it says, When Jesus looked out at the crowds of people, he had compassion on them, for they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Not only do sheep not have this natural protection instinct, but they also don't even know how to look for what's good for them out in the wild. They don't know how to find the good water or the good food. They are, they are known for just settling for what's in front of them, even when it might be dangerous for something. Somebody even said, when sheep are thirsty, they will stop at a dirty puddle right in front of them instead of going for the clean, still waters just 20 feet ahead of them. Sadly, they are content with filth so long as it satisfies at the moment. Furthermore, they will stink and not even know it. Truthfully, they lack discernment and judgment and frankly don't know what is good for them. So they, they don't know how to defend themselves fully, but they also don't know how to look for what's best for them, which means that sheep are incredibly dependent creatures. They're dependent. Now, if you think about it, most animals, if they get injured, they will actually lick their wound to clean it and bring it to healing, which is nasty, but they do it in the animal kingdom. And they lick their wound to clean it, but a sheep don't do that. A sheep just wants to pretend it doesn't exist. And so a shepherd will come along and cleanse that wound, bandage them, and then help them journey towards full restoration. A sheep is incredibly dependent on a shepherd. They're dependent on the shepherd to help them find the best green pastures and the clean still waters. They're dependent on the shepherd to watch over them at night and to look out for any predators that might be coming for them. They are not independent creatures. In fact, if you left a sheep out on its own out in the wilderness, it will not survive for long. And these are the animals we're compared to in Scripture. Thank you, Jesus. Directionless, defenseless, and dependent. 
And Psalm 23 was birthed out of this honest reflection on the human condition. This honest reflection. See, David, when he wrote this, he recognized that humans, like sheep, are constantly searching for life direction and life purpose. But humans will often just follow whatever voice shouts the loudest or seems the most confident. He knew that when he wrote this that humans are often left defenseless against attacks of the enemy, that they're not going to survive for very long on their own. In fact, a human on their own strength does nothing to intimidate the enemy. Humans want to claim independence, yet they were created for community. They were created to do life with other people. And David, this shepherd boy, he knows that humans are always looking for ways to heal their wounds or just ignore them, hoping that they're going to disappear, and are often settling for a life that is subpar. So when David wrote Psalm 23, he wrote it knowing that it's the shepherd who provides direction. It's the shepherd who provides protection, and it's the shepherd who provides restoration, and every sheep needs a shepherd. Now, I'm not saying every sheep needs a leader, because a leader is different than a shepherd. See, a leader could have a mass following. A leader could have heaps of followers, but they don't necessarily know the condition of their followers. They don't necessarily know all of their names, but a shepherd does. A shepherd knows the condition of his flock. A shepherd knows all of the names of the individuals within their flock, And more specifically than a shepherd, we need the good one. We need the good shepherd, the one that David is writing about. In verse 1, when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, every other statement that followed reinforces and supports this very claim. And it highlights actually how weak we are in our own humanity and how much we actually need the Lord to be our shepherd. And it's the good shepherd that will guide us to those green pastures, that will put us back on the right path, that will refresh our soul. And so there's a few things that you need to know about who this is. And first of all, the good shepherd is a guide. Shepherds in biblical times would carry two things, a staff and a rod. And if you're thinking I look like a shepherd, I know, shepherd chic. And (laughs) when I pulled out my dress this morning, I said, that'll do. Uh, But they carry this staff, which this is a walking cane, but a staff was more like that tall. But it had a crook at the end, this curve at the end. And the shepherd wouldn't just use this to lean on themselves on a long journey, but they would use this as a form and a symbol of guidance. This was a symbol of comfort and compassion because they could use this to nudge their sheep to go back on the right path to go back on the path that was designed for them, back on the path that the shepherd knows to be safe. Ever felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit? Ever felt like God was pointing you in a different direction, towards a different door or a different career or a different person than the one that you had your eyes on before? See, God will actually nudge us like a good shepherd. He will guide us with these gentle nudges. And so sometimes you don't necessarily know how to put your finger on it. And you're like, what is that? That's a nudge from the Holy Spirit. He's saying, hey, that's not good for you. Could you get back on this path? This is the path that you were designed for. This is the path that you were created for. And if a sheep were to fall off of this path into a dangerous circumstance, this crook, a bit bigger than this one, they could use that to help the sheep get back on the right path. They could use this to help the sheep get away from dangerous circumstances. The good shepherd is a guide. So when you feel directionless, remember that actually... The good shepherd is there, still nudging you, still guiding you. He's never left you, but maybe you've been ignoring those nudges. 
He's the one that's going to give you purpose and direction. But also as you walk out your journey with him, he's going to give you protection because he's a protector. The good shepherd is a protector. Now, the other thing that a shepherd would carry was a rod, which was a shorter stick and a lot heavier, more like a club. Let's pretend my microphone is a club. And he would carry this rod, and this was a symbol of his authority with his sheep. This was a weapon in his hands. Now, I love this story that I've heard about where this photographer was out on this expedition with an African herder. And they came up to this hill crest where they looked down and they could see the herd of elephants. But they wanted them to get out into the valley so they could get better photos. And so they decided they were going to dislodge this boulder, just a small boulder. It wasn't going to hurt anybody. Dislodge this boulder, roll it down the hill to, to get the elephants out in the open. And as they were doing that, they uncovered this cobra coiled up beneath the rock that was gearing up to strike. And without even thinking, that African herder was, boom, killed him. Just straight away, the photographer didn't even know what to think. That rod, no matter how long they were pushing that boulder, the rod never left the herder's hands. The rod was always in his hands. He still had authority. He was still looking for danger at every turn. And can I tell you, Jesus is like that in your life. When you're going through a rocky circumstance, you got Jesus behind He's got you, my friend. He's guiding you, but he's protecting you too. He is your protector. And in scripture it said, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You can find comfort in that sense because you've not only got somebody nudging you on the right path, but you got somebody bopping the enemy at every turn. <laughs> and as long as you are close, to the one who holds the staff and the rod, you're in the presence of your protector. As long as you are close, it doesn't matter what cobra is unearthed in your rocky circumstance, you got Jesus ready. He's got you, okay? Jesus is ready, and this is a sign of his authority. And so when you are feeling defenseless, remember that the good shepherd is there to protect you. But what about when you fall off the path? Because it might happen. What about when you start to go in a different direction than the one you were created for? Because we do that sometimes. What happens when you make some choices that actually lead to pain and to heartbreak and to discomfort? Because we do that sometimes too. Well, guess what? In those moments, the good shepherd is there to care for you. He's more than just a guide and a protector. He is also your caregiver. And I say caregiver because the good shepherd sees humanity as his responsibility. He sees it as his responsibility, and that's why he was willing to pay the ultimate price in order for us to be saved. That's why he sacrificed his life to save ours. Now, I don't know if you know this, but when shepherds would go along a journey, there would be some makeshift pins at different stopping points. And some of these pins might have walls that are made with rocks stacked on top of each other. And the, she the shepherd would guide his sheep through this opening in the wall, but it didn't have a gate. And so what would happen is when, when they went to sleep, the shepherd would physically lie down and sleep at the gate. He physically became the gatekeeper, not only to keep his directionless sheep in, because they're prone to wander, but also to keep out any threats like wolves or thieves that were coming to try and rob or hurt these sheep. And so that shepherd would lay there almost with one eye open thinking, if anybody wants to get to my flock, you got to get over my dead body. And so Jesus is the same type of shepherd for us. He is the same type of shepherd for us. He is a caregiver who looks after his flock, 
who loves his flock, raises them and comforts them. In verse 5, when it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, many believe this to refer to what's called the table lands, which are higher pastures. And maybe you've seen pastures that are a bit raised up with a little path that circles up. Shepherds would often lead their, their flock up to these higher lands. But here's the thing. He wouldn't take them to that position until he first went to the location and scouted it out himself. And in doing so, he would remove all of the poisonous plants that he knew his dumb sheep would eat if they were there because they would settle for it. So he'd remove the poisonous plants that were harmful to the sheep. And he would also often sprinkle minerals or salts along the path to give the sheep more nourishment as they went along that journey up to these tablelands. So the shepherd would go prepare this table before his sheep in the presence of the enemies, in the presence of predators, which he wasn't scared about because he had his rod. He was ready to get anybody at any turn while his sheep could feast in peace. And then it says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Shepherds in the Middle East, they will routinely rub olive oil on a sheep's head to prevent certain bugs from landing on them because there's these annoying flies and other bugs. I mean, all flies are annoying, but these ones especially that will land on sheep, and if they nest in there and they multiply, it can cause a sheep to go blind. And so this oil prevents these bugs from landing on these sheep. Now, here's the interesting thing is that in Scripture, the devil is sometimes called Beelzebub, which translates to the Lord of the flies. So do you realize when the good shepherd anoints you and protects you, he's protecting you from the Lord of the flies, calling you his. So when you feel dependent and lonely, remember that the good shepherd is there to care for you and to show you his goodness and his mercy and his love every single day of your life. The thing is, we may be like sheep, but I thank God that he is our good shepherd. And every sheep needs a shepherd. But it's the good shepherd that you're truly after. And Jesus actually makes this declaration in John chapter 10, verse 14 to 16, where he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me just as my father knows me, and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too. They're just not yet in this sheepfold. They're not yet in the pen, but I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Do you realize that Jesus laid his life down for his flock in the same way a shepherd would? And in, in these times, in biblical times, if a shepherd got killed, then their flock was essentially free for the picking. And so when Jesus died on the cross and was buried in the grave, the devil's trying to have his party because he thinks God's people are free for the picking. And on the third day, as he's trying to step over Jesus's dead body, it's as if Jesus is sleeping there. Boom. Joke's on you, devil. He was always planning to care for you. He was always protecting you. And in that moment, he was conquering sin and death for you so you could have new life. Jesus always had a plan, and he paid the price that we all deserved to pay. And I know that this morning we focused on some of the weaker qualities of sheep. Keys can join me. But I want you to know a few key things that actually make sheep really cool. They're incredibly loyal. They're very loyal animals, and they also realize that they were created for community. That's why they have that herd mentality. And they have this incredible voice recognition for their own shepherd. When they have their own shepherd, 
they know when and where he's calling from. And so when you read Psalm 23, let it remind you not of all that you lack, but rather of everything that you actually gain when you're in his flock. See, you gain wisdom through his guidance. You gain purpose through his direction. You gain safety through his protection. You gain peace through his plans for you. And you gain this incredible comfort through his continual and sacrificial care for you. And so as I come to a close, I know that many in this room, you've heard Psalm 23 before, and you'd say you know the good shepherd. But I hope that this message has reminded you to stay close. Stay close to the one who cares for you. Stay close to the one who protects you. Stay close so that you can feel his nudges and his promptings when he is guiding you to get you back on the right path. Right next to him, that is the best place you could possibly be. That is the safest place you could possibly be. That is where you're going to discover everything that he's got for you in this life. Your future, that's a place of hope. That's a place where you can know his power and his authority. But I also know there's people in this room where you'd say, you've heard about the good shepherd, but you're not yet a part of his flock. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to know you and he wants you to know him. He wants you to know his voice he wants you to know his goodness, his kindness, his mercy. He wants to invite you in to his flock and say, I could care for you. I could heal you. I can show you what I've got for you. And so I don't want to end any service here without giving people a chance to say, yes, can I be a part of that? Because that is the greatest decision that you will ever make. And so I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes just for a moment. You can bow your heads because in a crowded room of people, this is a personal question. And so I don't want you to get distracted by those sitting next to you, your family, your friends. But this is a question for you. Can you trust the good shepherd with your life? Can you trust him to guide you? Even through the darkest valleys, can you trust him to protect you? When the enemy tries to attack, can you trust him to care for you? In the moments when you're feeling broken, because he's your shepherd. He's more than a leader. He's a shepherd that wants to guide you, know you, and care for you. So if you want to say yes to Jesus and discover what life is like with him, then I'm going to pray a prayer. And all you have to do to start this journey with Jesus and be invited into his flock is to pray this prayer in your heart and say, Dear God, I know you are the good shepherd. I know I've tried to figure out life on my own and I feel a bit directionless. I feel a bit defenseless and God, I need to depend on you. I need you to guide me. I need you to protect me and I need you to care for me. Could you bring me healing? Could you bring me restoration and strength and God, would you show me the plans you have for me? Would you be my Lord and my savior? All I have is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could keep your eyes closed for just one moment.